welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Matthew writes, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a little while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Thank you. And for you who are uh, joining us this morning virtually uh, by means of the uh, uh, different platforms upon which the uh, Sunday morning service now is able to appear. Thank you, Blaine, for making that happen. Such a faithful service he has provided because I guarantee you when this whole experience started, none of us had any idea about Facebook Live and other things such as that. Uh, and so it is. Uh, the world in which we live provides both challenge and opportunity. And uh, I am most grateful to be able to be among you as the congregation sees not only this opportunity of the current pandemic, but mindful of our brothers and sisters in Christ um, in Circle, Montana today. Uh, pray that they also see opportunity in uh, uh, the activities and events of the church there uh, today as well. Today's gospel that uh, we've just heard they open with the words, that same day. 
Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. What same day? What had happened earlier that same day? Matthew seems to suggest whatever it was, it was linked to what would come next that same day. From among Jesus' many parables, Matthew recorded this very image-rich, agriculturally-focused parable that over time has come to be known as the parable of the sower. In it are the elements of seed and soil and birds and scorching sun and rocky ground and good earth. It's very busy. A lot going on. The parable's public presentation, we are told, was then followed by a private explanation for the disciples. Here then the parable of the sower. With all this happening, it can be very easy to get lost in the busyness of it all. But such is the parable as we have it. And so, in reflection and in trying to reduce the parable's many variables, two elements of greatest importance seem to emerge, both the sower and the hearer. The sower in here, not the things, but the, the people involved, the sower and the hearers. The relationship between these two, it seems to inform everything else. Jesus prefaced his parable with the words, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and concluded with, Let anyone with ears listen. Sower and hearer. In other words, keep one eye, or one ear perhaps, uh, one fixed on the sower and the other on the hearer. Don't get distracted by the many things that are uh, pieces and fitting together in the in-between, kinds of soil, growing conditions, sower and hearer. Hold on to that for just a moment. Again, the gospel opened with the words, that same day. With so much going on, an easy phrase to overlook, maybe just toss it away and, and discard it. So let's, though, rather than do that, ask the question, what day? Okay, what preceded the parable? And could whatever happened just before that same day have informed Jesus' thoughts, his words then? We've already been told it was a busy time, okay? A busy time for Jesus, teaching and, and, and instructing, and bringing the good news to the ears of those eager to hear some good news. Jesus was apparently, we are told, drawing quite the crowd, getting lots of attention. The buzz was all about Jesus. Word of mouth spread, and they lined the shores in such numbers that we're told he had to go out in the boat so that he could be heard. Lots of attention. In the midst of many things being taught, 
and just before this parable of the sower, this is what happened. Reading from Matthew. While Jesus was still speaking to the crowds, his mother and brothers were standing outside, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, Look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, wanting to speak to you. But Jesus replied, Who is my mother? And who are my brothers? And pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. <laughs> who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Obviously, Jesus knew. And so he was speaking metaphorically. But the question, I think, that is begged by the opening that same day, what do you suppose Mary and your brothers wanted Jesus to bear in mind, wanted to tell Jesus, to remind Jesus, to say to him as he was drawing such crowds and garnering such attention? Last Sunday, a week ago, after worship, a small group remained behind here in the church in the adjoining room, as they often do, to further discuss the day's Bible readings, the sermon, or any topic on their minds. And during the course of that conversation and discussion last week, the question of Jesus' mother and brothers unexpectedly came up. With Joseph conspicuously absent, the appearance of Mary and those Matthew described as brothers became the center of the conversation, the focus of our post-worship back and forth. And so I thought once I looked at the text for this week and realized what lie just before it, maybe it would be good to uh, share some of this more broadly with the con congregation. You see, the truth is, scholars, biblical scholars, just don't know what happened to Jesus' protector and apparent stepfather, Joseph. Almost certainly a man significantly older than Mary, Joseph simply not mentioned again in all of Scripture after that incident when Jesus at age 12 uh, was left behind in Jerusalem, where after a three-day frantic search, Mary and Joseph found Jesus in the temple. And where is recorded, Jesus famously said to his parents, did you not know I'd have to be in my father's house? A contrast to the abrupt disappearance of Joseph. Mary continued to be woven into the biblical narrative throughout Jesus' ministry as 
I've just shared and beyond. Unlike Joseph, Mary also featured prominently in the life of the early church. Mary was present at the ascension. Certainly, we are given that understanding as historian now Luke in Acts wrote, they, being the disciples, at least at one level, returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. When they entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Luke lists now the apostles and then continues, all these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. The question is, was Mary already in residence living among the disciples? And as to Jesus' brothers, here I'm afraid the limitations of language are going to be problematic for us. For the language in which Matthew wrote, the word for brothers was often used interchangeably with the relationship we know as cousins. Thus, it becomes relatively easy to see how the early church and then at the time of the Reformation, the Protestant churches as well, struggled to understand whether Jesus had biological brothers or, in his extended family, had cousins who were described as brothers, James being chief among them. Perhaps it's helpful to remember that elsewhere Matthew observed that once the people of Nazareth, who knew the family, had to have, even asked, and again quoting Matthew, is not this Jesus, the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas four brothers? And perhaps, who but for cultural reasons might not have been listed by name, sisters too. Or perhaps cousins. Now the cousin theory is strengthened when from the cross, quite literally with his dying breath, a very human Jesus wanted to be sure Mary would be cared for, protected after his death. Joseph, it seems, was gone. And there were no survivor's benefits in the first century, and thus helps us understand the Bible's emphasis on caring for widows and orphans as a profound moral and spiritual obligation. Knowing he neared life's end, even though in mortal agony, Jesus spoke from the cross words that seared themselves into the beloved John's memory. Years later, it would be John wrote, reading from John's Gospel, standing near the cross of Jesus, were his mother, named first, and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. John continues, when Jesus saw his mother, 
and the disciple whom he loved, standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. And then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. If Jesus had at least four brothers, and perhaps sisters too, it seems an odd thing to me that none were A, with Mary in this critical hour, and B, not obviously going to care for their mother. And yet, it was John who stood by her side on Golgotha. If Mary would soon have been left alone and destitute, Jesus' words to John become far more understandable, don't they? So it was. That day as crowds gathered and Jesus taught, just before he told the parable of the sower, he was visited by his mother and brothers. So it was, he said, a sower went out to sow. I think speaking of himself. Jesus was the sower of the good seed of the gospel. Such was his destiny. His words fell where they would. Jesus knew some would hear him and believe. Jesus knew some would hear him and then turn away. Some would hear him and betray him. Some would hear and even join the plot to kill him. But in spite of it all, he had to speak. The sower had to sow. The farmer had to farm. I suspect Mary and Jesus' brothers, however you come to understand that, urged him caution. Not so, not so loud. Be careful. Urged him caution in his words on that same day. The crowds that pressed in upon Jesus, where they were at the same time both a good and a dangerous thing. Jesus knew that. He knew that not all the good seed that he would sow would take hold, much less come to provide a great yield. But wherever his word was heard and took hold, he also knew the possibilities were, well, as Jesus saw it, a hundredfold. Therefore, Jesus could neither stop nor be restrained. Mary and his brothers, out of loving concern for Jesus as they saw it, felt that they had at least had to try. But you see, the die was cast. It was for the very reason of sowing. Jesus came into the world. It was for this reason Jesus would die on the cross. 
so that the seed he had planted might grow and grow and grow. An enormous yield. Jesus, your brothers and sisters are here. Jesus, they are scattered in these few pews this Sunday morning. And Jesus, they are watching and they are listening on devices using technology that would amaze you. Jesus, the seed you scattered did not die. It lived even as you live. Some of those seeds are planted right here in Mile City. For in the end, you see, my friends, you are the seed. You are the seeds of the seeds of the seeds. You are his brothers. You are his sisters. Now go and bear fruit that the seed you sow and that the seed you are might do the same. For this is the promise of the gospel. It is, I suspect, this Sunday morning, the secret of the seed. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.